ourselves. They kill against Brazil. No, we Unbelievable. For a dead, they won. Hi everyone, how are we doing? My name is JT, and alongside we got Carl. Uh, welcome to the first ever episode of the Wombo Boys Heroes of the Storm competitive podcast. Um, what you're going to be getting into on this episode is about 65% talk of the competitive play um, in the world, uh, 35% casual. But we like having a blast, and we just realized no one else really is doing a podcast for the competitive, so we figured, yeah, fuck you, we'll do it, why not, you know? Yeah, what a... Uh... What bullet points we got to run down here? Um, the- at first, first, yeah, we want to go over uh, Valera drop this week um, in the PTR. Um, so patch notes on her. Um, we're going to be talking changes, skins, all that good stuff. Um, and then we're going to move on later in the episode talking about the week one HGC matchups, um, previews and predictions. Um, go over some roster changes and everything. Um, team names and everything else, and then going over uh, the preseason global power rankings, um, as well as the matchups and everything. Um, and we'll throw in our fantasy tips. Oh yeah! Thank you to Roster Apocalypse, the website. Now we're able to get even nerdier with esports um, and draft our own fantasy teams. Um, we started a private league uh, as well. So as uh, you pick this up, if you want to participate during the season, um, we'll have a link. And everything associated um, once this podcast episode becomes live. Get lost, will ya? Don! He's not talking to you, you flamfred off The first big thing about the January 17th patch notes would be the introduction of Valera to um, the public test realm. Um, it is Heroes of the Storm's first crack at a rogue hero, correct? Yep. Um, From uh, World of Warcraft, kind of based on the model of that archetype of their game. Mm -hmm. Um, After a day of watching uh, people test her, um, what are your thoughts and opinions on the kit so far? Uh, She looks really bursty. I mean, she's got, what, CC and a silence. Um, I mean, we can go over her her skills and abilities but yeah i mean i've we've watched what uh mcintyre play it a little bit and i've watched rich play in korea uh early in the morning he was playing in custom games with other players over there and uh i mean a player of that caliber he obviously picks it up pretty quick and starts crushing on it and doing all kinds of you know fancy mechanical things um, so her kid is is something I guess I, I didn't do much reading on what she was going to do past um, her being a rogue as far as her abilities or kid is concerned. Um, I guess I'm not surprised, but I was excited to see that uh, her her trait vanish, which is um, you know becoming invisible like a Zeratul or a Nova. Um, it increases her movement speed by 10% uh, for the first second, which is um, pretty good for closing distance if you're about to engage someone. Or as well as um, you know, retreating if if you've done that burst damage that we kind of alluded to. Um, the other thing I think that's really cool about this trait um, is that when she enters Vanish, um, it grants a completely different set of abilities um, that can be used while stealth, um, which is kind of cool because as we watched um, certain people play through uh, the character, um, I really enjoyed Blizzard's variety of traits. Um, not necessarily focusing on just D, Q, and W, but whether you're going to be doing it uh, a vanished or not. Um, 
I'm excited for this type of hero, you know, whether whether it pans out well or if, you know, people tend to exploit only one avenue of build. Um, I just think it's it's moving in the right direction of getting more diverse and unique kits, which I think this game, you know, isn't known for just yet. Yeah, outside of a few unique heroes. But yeah, the combo point system seems like it's pretty interesting. It adds more thought to the players, how to set up combos, what, which abilities to use at certain times. And uh, yeah, well, let's, let's go through our actual basic abilities, I guess. With the Q, you get Sinister Strike. Uh, it's a dash, so you can use it to go in or out. Uh, deals damage to all enemies in the line. Sinister, sinister Strike hits an enemy hero. She stops dashing immediately, and the cooldown is reduced to one second, and it awards in a, one combo point. The W is Blade Flurry. does an AoE around her, and it awards one point. And then the E is Eviscerate, which can, consumes all your combo points, and uh, deals increased damage per combo point, and you can store up to three combo points. And then there's the Vanish abilities, which is the Ambush on Q. Uh, instantly deals damage to them, so it's just a general damage ability. Um, spell, should say, Cheap Shot W. Deals damage, uh, deals a small amount of damage to an enemy and stuns them for 1.5 seconds. Which is huge, a 1.5 second stun on an Assassin is real strong, especially when you move to the E. Garot, I guess, is the same. Wow. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I just, I just YouTubed a video on how to pronounce it. It's Garot. So okay. Instantly dealing a small amount of damage to the target, as well as a larger amount of bonus damage over seven seconds. So it's like a bleed, and then it silences for two seconds. So she's got 3.5 seconds of very strong CC coming out of stealth, which is seems pretty strong at least yeah. for gank attempts and mm -hmm. whatever once clumpy fights start we'll see but yeah it is it is important to note too that um she does not have much in the way of health regen or shielding herself um so as we look at these abilities and their ability to put up big damage um auto attacking to reset up combo points and everything um you know she could be a target that is easily bursted down as well if you you draft around her and everything else so yeah we should also mention that her instead of mana it's based around uh i can't even remember what she, it's just called energy she's energy just, uh, yeah i think she starts with a hundred yeah hundred um points of energy um and yeah it's just a bar that fills um, i know there's certain um skills yeah, builds, you can take that builds up kind of like sonya's fury does in a way yeah, I think this is on a timer though. I think it, it ticks back up. Like it, it cool. It, oh, it's just based on time. Yeah, I think it replenishes and. But like I said, that you know that's that is a. Instead of it being auto attack, based, yeah. Yeah, yeah. which is which is pretty interesting. Um, her level ten heroic abilities. Um, she has one called smoke bomb, which is uh, creating a cloud of smoke. Um, when she's in there, she's uh, unrevealable. Um, like Vanish, she can pass through other units. She does gain 25 armor and reduces the damage she takes by 25%. Um, using abilities without... She can use abilities without being revealed and can also um, auto-attack like normal. She does It does last for 5 seconds. Um, using it does not create Vanish, which is huge. 
Um, however, she does also take damage once inside there, so um, not noticeable, but she is susceptible to um, AoE effects, so um, you would still be susceptible to that damage, obviously. Yeah. And then um, the Cloak of Shadows is the second one. You can... Yeah. So that is... Um, she just enveloped in a Cloak of Shadows, uh, which immediately removes all damage over time effects for her um, for a second, um, which is basically like a self-cleanse, and then she becomes unstoppable um, and gains 75 spell armor, reducing ability damage taken by 75%. Um, and then using this doesn't break Vanish either. Um, something to note about Cloak of Shadows, I'm pretty sure uh, in PTR I saw yesterday that that is only a 25 second cooldown. So, um, kind of seems like the, the obvious choice for someone who's going to be moving in and out as a way to escape if things get hairy, um, especially at 10 when you start moving to team fights. Um, but I think Smoke Bomb could be really cool um, depending on, you know, what kind of team is drafted around her and everything else. So. Yeah, both of them seem fairly interesting, and, and it doesn't... Both seem to have uh, a quality like use value in both where one isn't super obvious where sometimes with some of the heroes they've released uh some of the heroics have been left to the side once people have kind of min maxed out like what to use um one of the those could emerge like that but it just looking at both it seems like both have a uh, general utility that are useful for now yeah, some other things to, to note about her that aren't necessarily released in the patch notes are those um, are those skills uh, that you're gonna, you're going to be able to level up. Um, some some big ones that McIntyre had posted, um, and he goes over them on his YouTube channel. Oh, the talents, the talents. Yeah, sorry. Um, of the general um, perception of her, and then in builds and stuff like that, is she has a couple poison traits which are really unique. Um, she has one that could be really cool, which is basically um, reducing the amount of healing her target takes by 50%, um, thereby negating kind of like an ancestral healing or um, the healing abilities of, let's say, like Rhaegar or Malfurion or something like that. Um, I know early on there's a lot of talents that kind of shape what type of um, build you're going to be doing, but I definitely think introducing that into the game um, is a pretty exciting new feature, whether it gets chosen or not um, is you know remains to be seen as people play her but um, definitely pretty cool absolutely week one HGC matchup we're gonna give you a preview and a little bit of predictions this is what the entire hot competitive community has been waiting for uh, and, to, and this weekend it goes underway. So, according to their website, we've got one day, 13 hours and 20 minutes until this thing kicks off uh, with two matchups on Friday. The first being Tempo Storm versus Noventic and uh, Teammate versus No Tomorrow. Teammate, formerly uh, Chew Ate My Hot Doge fame, but he quit to be a uh, streaming baby the whole time uh, and so now they are just affectionately referred to as teammate Carl you're laughing but cowardly move in my opinion you know <laughs> I mean he want the money yeah um, so that's what we're looking at for Friday if we want to go over those games those are going to be the two that um, you'll see 
yeah. almost immediately, um, where we're going to see their their new format, their new layouts, their casters. Um, this is going to be our first taste in what will eventually be an entire year-long run of scrims, tournaments, matches, brawls, leading up to a grand finals um, next November. That first matchup, Temple Storm versus Aventic. Carl, what do you got? What are you thinking? Well, Temple Storm was previously Astral Authority, who did go to uh, BlizzCon and the uh, Gold... What was it? The Gold Club World Championships in China. They yep. looked very underwhelming in, at both. Uh, you've I think it was a lot of players from the NA scene that kind of were on like middle ground teams or or ones that had like short uh, runs at a little bit of success here and there as like things changed. But once NH were, were a lot of people exited the scene after what was it maybe like spring of last year. And that's when a lot of the rosters kind of flattened out in terms of talent. There was no more like powerhouse. Um, Naventic was probably the last powerhouse thing until they got rid of, until Fan and McIntyre left. Uh, so Astral Authority stepped in and kind of took the position of the number one spot. And that kind of probably happens also because they're so familiar with their competition over the, you know, just playing a lot of these same players for the past, you know, couple of years. Also meta and whatever else, but I think at this point, Naventic has an edge. This is going to be one of the better series of the weekend for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Naventic has an edge because Zuna uh, and Kenma just know the game so well. Um, they have really good supporting players. I don't want to say they're supporting players, but it does seem like those guys, it's their kind of team. They want people to be on their page. Mm -hmm. Kenma is their shot caller, though, isn't he? Uh, Zuna should be. Okay. King Feed himself. Who took the fun hands? Come on, we're nah. fun here at the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think if everyone's on the same page with Zuna, we're... They, they follow up on things he does. He he definitely can shine and carry uh, a team. Uh, once people aren't on the same page with them, that's when you start to see, like, you know, the huge mistakes happen and people, you know, posting their memes in the chat and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, yeah. On, in terms of Temple Storm, I think at the global events um some of their melee assassin play was kind of weak at that level i think in na it'll be fine i think Naventic takes this series maybe three to two it could be a could be a nail biter mm -hmm. i'm calling it they take it in four um i just think you're right i think Naventic, um the synergy of kenma and zuna uh and just uh, well, up and coming players uh everyone's looking for tomster to be a yep. just like breakout melee assassin or like just Definitely. melee player i just think they have more of a rounded uh team i think as far as synergy is concerned and and just kind of like group mechanics and everything um like you say if this uh if tomster can perform like people expect him to um i think they might be able to roll on a pretty flat and unexciting you know iteration of astral authority which is temple 
Temple Storm now, like you said. Yeah, their Temple Storm is definitely good. They're definitely going to be pushing uh, for the top top three. Uh, they could just they could easily win too because there's things where an event that can draft bad and tilt and whatever else. And but I mean, just based on paper, I think that that's my pick. All, All right, right, you got him. You got him in five. I'm taking him in four. Okay. We'll see what happens. Move in for the kill. All right, so match two is going to be between Team Eight and No Tomorrow. Um, no Tomorrow was Barrel Boys. It had it had McIntyre on it until he moved to B Step. And Airho took over his spot. So it's Airho talking trees, Casanova, Jason, Tiger GK. These these are a lot of good players that were in kind of like supporting roles on other teams. Casanova's fairly new, at least at this high of a level. I think that team has a chance to become either like Dark Horse number four or at least finish five. Team eight, Prismaticism, Justin G. Buds, Yoda, Glaurung. Uh, they have the potential to push um, maybe as high as like six, unless they have like amazing miracle play. But overall, like, I gotta say that No Tomorrow's is gonna take, they'll take this series in, in a maybe four. Mm -hmm. A 3-1 series. You know me, I got a roof for my Racine man, Airho. I'm going to take him in four, too. Uh, I pretty much agree with everything you said. I mean, yeah. Well, the, the, in the interesting thing is going to be see how what the meta is when we go into these kind of matches. And it seems like, think, you know, it seems like Artanis and Ragnaros are going to be really strong in the, if they're just not straight up auto banned, depending on the map. So it, it depends. Like, if Glaurung is getting heroes he can carry on well and they're in sync they can do really well but this is a a good time to see what how the meta forms since we haven't seen any competitive play for a few months now yeah i mean but if you want to talk about your racine boy a little more you know oh you know he's just racine's finest um i heard he's breaking out of his his uh brett Favre jersey that he had displayed behind him so long um i just expect <laughs> big things no i think i, I uh, I do think um, No Tomorrow uh, has a has a better chance on this only because I think, like I said, that synergy matches up pretty well. Especially if you give Airho uh, the tanks he wants. Don't see um, Team Eight really getting around good drafts by No Tomorrow. But you never see, you know, if Glaurung Glaurung gets to play Zeratul or um, you know characters he really excels on you might be able to carry the whole thing. So it, yeah. it will be interesting. Like you said, it is really meta-dependent. What's, what's yeah, falling I, I think Tahaka is going to be really big in that series between both teams. Because um, I know Airho's really into Dahaka. I'm pretty sure I've seen Glaurung practicing loves, and playing Dahaka. Yep. That should be a pretty big pick. Um, who controls that? So much essence. go on to Saturday though. Uh, first match is going to be Superstars versus Team Freedom, I believe. And that's Dumpster tier Superstars, just as Superstars now. 
Mm -hmm. This team has a lot of potential. They've been in that middle range of NA for such a long time. Um, but they have names there that you expect to perform to the degree that they could maybe Dark Horse into four. Mm -hmm. but, it, but it just never seems to happen. Like Goku and Srey were on the last iteration of Temple Storm before they were moved to Korea. Hosty's been on a number of teams. Faye's been on in the in the scene forever. Ayakona's always a fairly solid support player. But it always seems like their team synergy just never takes it to the next level. Uh, sometimes you have like interesting drafts also. Um, some of the players on there have been on teams that have had really, you know, like off kind of meta drafts, off meta uh, hero builds, um, especially with Faye. Team Freedom. We got Nazmus playing Flex, Insomnia playing Assassin, Killazillion support, Zugrug. Collusion. Collusion is support. Collusion. <laughs> See, that's how well I know this team. Whoops. Uh, and Dainsky playing. Lex. Yeah, the, a lot of these players have been around. Uh, again, I think I think they're gonna just based on like the amount of talent in the top four, they're gonna finish in just, like six, seven, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, but that also makes this a really good match between these two teams. Um, I think Superstars has the advantage based on experience. Mm -hmm. But I mean, Team Freedom definitely can win some games in this, and potentially, you know, yeah. just upset the series. You know, it just depends if Sray wants to die nine times Warrior again. I'm I'm saying I'm saying Superstars three one. You know, also, I want to I want to be a contrarian and take Team Freedom here, but I just don't see it happening necessarily. I'm gonna say let's take I'm gonna take it to five, only because I think that. You know, nobody nobody really knows what the meta is or what anyone's doing, and I think maybe there might be some. Yeah, there's. I mean, there might be some slick drafting. That, uh, there could be. There could be. Steal a game or two, but but ultimately, I think Superstars takes it too. I think they've got a more complete roster. Their roster has more talent and versatility, and I just think they're going to be able to do more, especially against Team Freedom. Yeah, they have the more current talent. I mean, they. Uh, Team Freedom obviously has the potential. Like, NA, NA can be very wide open. I like my middle like I like my coffee. Flat and heavy. The next uh, set is Gale Force first B-step on that Saturday. The late game, I guess. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a huge one because it's basically old C9 uh, with... Matre slash APM on support, and they just included McIntyre into it over the past couple months. And uh, so, that, yeah, it's came with Pro I Dream, APM, uh, King Caffeine, and McIntyre, Gale Force, being Crow and Akafates, Equinox, Michael Udall, cool. and Fan, and Fan. So, Equinox is their newest player, and I guess he'll be filling in the Warrior position, who was B Kid who is now an Aventic. I'm expecting B-Step to finish top two uh, based on their, just the talent pool, uh, what McIntyre brings to the table. If they don't finish that, I would be fairly disappointed. Like these these were once like dominant players in, in NA and 
have a number of players who won BlizzCon, mm-hmm. who even if there was certain teams missing from it, but they did get the job done. Um, K1 Pro's just always been an awesome, uh, consistent player, smart, uh, really opportunistic as an assassin player. Uh, just had like numerous meta-defining plays with like Jaina flanks and uh, was really good on Falstead. Just doing really good uh, fly-ins on flank fly-ins and stuff. iDream's always been just a really highly skilled mechanical player. Seems like he can tilt fairly easy and maybe as like time went on and it got even worse. Um, but whatever, that's like stuff we can't really comment on, but it just seemed caffeine always solid. McIntyre, I mean, we're we're just waiting for him to like break out as kind of. I mean, he should be like a star of NA. Yeah, I was gonna say with his hero pool and his playmaking abilities. Um, yeah, he's. He, he, I think he is one of the best players in North America for sure. And I think it's just getting the right team around him. Um, you know, with Barrel Boys and Bob Ross Fan Club and Eventic, um, I think he's a really easy person to get tilted at, and I think that's why he found his way out of a lot of those teams, but the raw talent is there, for sure. You know, and I think as you look at B-Step 2, like you're talking about finishing one or two, I mean, they've, I mean, literally up and down the whole roster, it's names that have been active and relevant in the competitive scene. Um, this by far seems like the heaviest hitting team at least right, right now, now before the, the games start, you know, just on paper. Yeah. Well, then, I mean, with with Gale Force, they kind of have, like, the same, same thing. Like, uh, I mean, Fan's just probably the most respected player in NA, mm-hmm. just in terms of talent and the way he carries himself. Crowen really kind of made a name for himself with Lee Ming last year and some Tracer play. If he can kind of expand... I mean, he probably plays a lot of things fine, but if he can make it more, like, visually uh, known to people that he can carry on other heroes well, that will just add that much more strength to their team. I'm sure they have faith in him to do that, but, I mean, from from our perspective as viewers, he's kind of been, like, the KT Leeming Tracer kind of... I, I don't want to say one trick, but it's kind of kind of how it feels. And if you yeah, wasn't on those, if he like wasn't, see if he wasn't on those heroes, it seemed like yeah. things suffered a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Akaface, super solid support. Uh, I think he's kind of underrated in a way. He kind of depends on Brightwing a ton. Who's who's strong and stuff? Uh, he's very strong on Uther too. It seems. I think just whatever in general, a lot of the support players get kind of left to the side, just in terms of because pe- people aren't really like you know watching for support plays as much as other things. Mm-hmm. Depends though, but uh, Equinox super solid mechanically. Um, maybe inconsistencies in maybe just making derpy plays sometimes, but super solid. Uh, Udall, solid player, plays tons of different things, uh, proved himself in Heroes of the Dorm. Yeah, I definitely think he'll be a big question mark for Gale Force, just as far as transitioning to the competitive scene. 
Obviously, Heroes of the Dorm was a big stage. I think overall their team cohesion suffers at times, like whoever shot calling, especially later in the season of last year. And that's what really, people were expecting like, you know, huge things out of them. They expected them to do well. They got taken out by Please Buff Arthas, uh, the Taiwan team. Mm -hmm. If they can get their shot calling and macro play on a high level, they have enough talent to just really dominate and even even do well on a global level if they can get those things under under wraps i don't know if it's there though I, i'm gonna take b step in that series three to two i think that one definitely goes the limit what do you got for a prediction huh uh, i mean you can vote just based on whatever you want just fandom or whatever but I'm, what do you think i'm just gonna root for mcintyre Cause you're right. No, I think I think I think beats have taken. Like I said, I, I I really, if nothing else, I just I have high expectations for the team. Um, I think they come out with a pretty definitive exclamation point on on this round or start of HGC. I think they take it in a best of five though. Say I think I think Force definitely is good and has potential to be great and probably great and could be better. Um, I just think maybe B-Step gets a pretty good start to their season. They're looking for with momentum. Yep, exactly. I was born in battle. We can go to Sunday, which is going to open up with B-Step versus teammate. Uh, I'm just 3-0 B-Step. No, no shot there. Like, no disrespect to teammate, but... I just don't think they're there yet. They fit, you know, when you qualify last going up against like a top, top two, three team, it's, it's going to be rough. Mm -hmm. I think that's a three L straight up. What do you got? Yeah, I'd say, I'm going to say three to one on some, maybe they catch a bad, if, if you know, if, if B-Step catches generous. a bad draft or, you know, they're up 2-0, I think maybe teammate figures out a way to do it on some, maybe Maybe on like a hilarious medieval stitches combo, you know, uh, something mad gimmicky. Maybe they take one game away from them, but yeah, I, I don't, I do not. I would not be surprised if that doesn't happen in a 3-0 wipe happens too. I just think, I just think Beast or uh, Beast Step is just on a micro and macro level, mechanics-wise, just uh, on another level. Say that I don't love you. I'm never gonna let them say that I don't care. Okay, and then the final one, which is probably the most hyped series, is Neventic vs. Gale Force for Sunday night. And that's there's been a lot of like in a maybe a week, week and a half ago, there was like shit talk on Twitter between the teams, which was maybe like a little tongue-in-cheek, but maybe not, but whatever cares about that stuff. Show me the games. Um yeah, Neventic versus Gale Force. This is, and it's definitely like a rivalry, kind of that's already established, but can even get more, you know, fire under its butt. This can go either way for sure because I think if Gale Force gets under the skin of Neventic early, 
they'll easily take the series because Nevada. What do you mean? Like Michael Udall just starts dabbing on the floor? What, what do you mean? Yeah, maybe I don't. Maybe some breakdancing moves. Maybe yeah, yeah. some b-boy stance. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, this this literally comes down into Ventic's headspace and how like mentally uh, strong they are. Mm-hmm. Like if, if they play into like the like the bullshit of the shit talking instead of just you know playing their fucking a game and shutting the fuck up they can definitely they can take the series but it they are really dependent on controlling that and being disciplined and like keeping their head in the game um and like on paper both rosters are like match up really well Mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see how well B Kid plays. He's been around on a lot of different rosters, and he's been he's been fairly solid wherever he's been. But also to the point where people seem to be not willing enough to keep him around. At the same time, is this finally his team to stick around? And like, and I, and again, I think it's an authentic just needing players around that are on the same page with what Suna wants to do. Mm-hmm. Because he definitely has one of the better, if not the best, mind in NA for the game. I think in this series, though, I'm gonna ha- I'm as much as I kind of favor Neventic, I think I think Gale Force. Well, I don't know. This one's such a toss-up. I'm taking Neventic in five. Uh, uh yeah, yeah. I think I'll go Neventic five too. Yeah, I think, um, I think you hit it right on the head. I think as long as the rest of the team humors. Zuna's aggression and respect his play calls and, and they're clicking and firing on all cylinders together. I, I could see I could see Neventic as long as like you say, as, as long as they're working together. Death stirs within the minds. Shall you breathe the darkness? Let's jam. One I hope I hope we start to see more statistics available to us through either their website or through replays or replays are readily available so we can like look up things because it'll be interesting to see like how certain team fights go i'd like to look over like who's doing what in team fights how much who's getting work done in team fights who's not doing things or at least in like critical team fights uh it seems like they're adding stats to the main hgc website but it just depends how in-depth they are. I assume it's going to be basic things at first, but I hope over time that the game kind of brings in more things, kind of like what you see in League of Legends after a game. Mm-hmm. Where you see just so many distinct categories of, like, you know, how much magic damage was done, how much this and that. And I think the game really needs that so we can kind of compare, like measure layers to a certain degree. Like, we should be able to see damage per minute for, like, carries, how well they're doing. Also, I hope they start doing a MVP kind of race, so we can kind of just have some fun of, like, who's who's being the MVPs of the games. Maybe give an award at, like, BlizzCon or... Yeah. Yeah, maybe each class or just overall play. But I think, you know, you can't really start doing stuff like that until you start organizing those stats and everything else. I mean pretty obvious yeah. sometimes to see who does what but you know there's a lot of things behind the scenes i think that we um as you know competitive fans it just we fall to the wayside it, it gets fall to the wayside and i think 
if well, and everything becomes anecdotal then too, sure. and just visually. If, if Blizzard is gonna pump all this money into the competitive scene to try to get players, you know, serious about it, who can do it full time and stuff like that, it's time to start. I think it's important to start treating it like you know, the, the second sport. half of esport. Yeah, exactly. Let's start buying. Let's start building stats and start making. Um, yeah, start making it. Yeah. Historical log of what's happening. Mm -hmm. Like, and who knows, man? I, I think I think Blizzard would be. It's probably, probably like I said. I assume they're going to be doing more, but you know, I think they should respect the, the the casual players and fans who are watching with that information too. So hopefully they do. You know, and I think it too. It, it makes for their commentators and stuff like that. Just being able to get that information up to date. You know, it just adds to. The narrative. Yeah, it builds a better scene of watchers, players. Alright, so it looks like that's going to wrap up the first episode of the Wombo Voice Heroes of the Storm competitive podcast. Look forward to more of that um, in the next coming, coming weeks. Um, week two slated to go on next week, so We'll put out another episode um, with matchups um, as we move forward, uh, maybe focusing more on previous play of the weeks, how we think that's going to shape up, um, how, the metas, those matchups, how the how meta, the meta is, is going. Exactly. Uh, um, alongside that, the competitive stuff, still going over new patches, um, things we've noticed in the game, talking about um, win rates, noticeable band heroes, um, using some of the hot slug stuff to take a look at that. We want to thank you for checking out the first episode. Um, like I said in the beginning of, the, uh, of this um, recording, uh, really just trying to take a better look at competitive play, um, really critique it and, and take it more seriously, um, especially as Blizzard does. Um, so we're looking forward to the continuation of this. Um, we're going to have an email set up, and we'll have that all in our show notes and stuff like that. So we look forward to hearing from you. We'll have the roster apocalypse private thing if anybody's interested in signing up. Um, but we, I think, are excited about uh, HTC. Excited about the state of HOTS as it moves towards um, becoming a legitimate MOBA in the competitive scene um, and everything else. So... Or anything else you got? Now that summarize the fine sounds good to me. See ya, bitches.